In the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. In the time of censorship, non-compliance is key. From an undisclosed location in FEMA Region 10, it's your host, Joshua Michael. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to April 8th, 2023, day before Easter. I'm going to be uh, joining you guys with just a couple segments here, and I'm going to have Don Powers take over as guest host uh, for today's show. So there's a lot of things that I want to talk about. There's a lot that we're trying to pack into. Uh, as you know, the great acceleration is happening. Um, everything, the Strong Cities Initiative is coming to fruition. Uh, the dollar's collapsing. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about gold prices. I want to talk about the future. I want to talk about investments. And what do we do to prevent a hard landing and, and, and try to divert this soft landing as soft as we can make it? Because... Let's not fool ourselves. It's happening. It's going to happen. We are going to crash. This plane is crashing. We've been fighting like hell to try to prevent it, to try to steer it, to try to turn it. But now, basically, it's inevitable. And so it's, it's, it's important that you understand that and you realize how far down the rabbit hole we really are. But the good news is, the great news is that there's thousands and thousands and millions of people all over the world talking about this system, this new CBDC infrastructure, and how they're going to reject it. We're seeing rejections of it. We saw it in Nigeria. We talked about it. We, we're seeing it all over the world. Now we have the central bank president reveals the plan that she's going to launch or they're going to be launching their CBDC digital euro. And it's really interesting. I'm not going to play the video. Um, I was having some technical issues this morning. So I'm not going to play the video, but I'll just surmise it. She says, the reason we're doing this, because the, the, the interviewer asked her, you know, what about CBDCs? And how is that going to help the European countries by going to a digital currency, which basically you'll be able to track and control. And she states, well, you'll be able to partially control part of it. But the reason that we're doing it is because we don't want a tyrannical regime like Russia to be able to control our oil. Now think about that. The United States now has been confirmed. This is why the, this is why the European uh, leaders are not up in arms about us at the United States, the deep state, and that insurgency group, these subcontractors that were contracted from the military on the Cy Hirsch report, talking about how they blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. That's why the European leaders are not upset about it. Because guess what? Most of the leaders are compromised. They're not going to be speaking out against this. And so they want the CBDC. So that's the new excuse. It's like, okay, we developed a virus. But in order to protect you from this virus, you need to give up all your rights. Well, and, and, and it's like, well, you guys created the virus. Yeah. So it's going to be really interesting on how they're going to try to roll this out. And now they're going to blame it on Russia because Russia, is, their economy is booming right now. And they're the main oil supplier for the world because of all the destruction going on. So they're trying to combat against that in an excuse to say, well, you got to adopt CBDCs. And if you know anything about CBDCs, which I want to get into, the central bank digital currency, a lot of people ask me, well, what's the difference? Why is that any different than it is now? And it's extraordinarily different. If you look at the model, 
look at the model of what they're doing in China. Let me give you a, a rundown of how those CBDCs work, right? And I played a clip a couple of weeks ago about an individual that was challenged and basically not able to travel, not able to buy things, not able to do things because of his political activism online on some type of social media network and how the Chinese government was coming down on him and taking his rights away, expiring his money because they can, because they have a privatized monetary system. Now, granted, the monetary system is complicated. Our monetary system is not gold-backed, and technically it is privatized, right? So there's some other elements there, but I don't want to get off on a tangent. The CBDCs are basically a control grid that's going to embed into all your smart systems. It's going to embed into the road systems, the traffic cameras, your vehicles, everything through 5G and a lot of their infrastructure. Now, keep in mind, the Build Back Better infrastructure bill is rolling out the technological infrastructure to be able to monitor the CBDCs. And part of that is something called an IPv6 uh, IP scheme, which is a much more advanced and personalized version of what's called an IP address. And I think that all plays an integral part in maneuvering everybody onto this control grid. So they're going to use the monetary system to get people on the control grid. They are funding with billions and billions and billions of dollars across the entire country to put in internet infrastructure and fiber optic everywhere. I got hit up the other day of an individual trying to get me to get into reselling uh, street lights. Street lights that have not just lights, but they have pure fiber optic with 5G towers embedded onto them. And that is coming to a city near you. Let that sink in. We are not going to get out of this, but we can fight like hell and get out of it and combat against these people and not comply and allow them to roll this stuff out. We cannot let them roll this out. Okay, so there's the bad news, right? We have to recognize that there is a problem. We have to recognize that we can combat against these people. We have to recognize that we are the power as the people. We have to remember that. No matter what they throw at us, no matter what they do to us, we have to recognize that and accept that. And so that's my primary message today is that we can defeat it. We watch them push and push and push and push uh, with the mask and force the masks and do all of that. And it just took those small groups of us to start non-complying peacefully. Now, how do we non-comply in a monetary system? Let me explain to you the importance of growing your own food and getting chickens and getting uh, beef, cattle, building a relationship with cattle farmers, with other farmers and other people. The farmers are going to carry us into this future. If we have resources and we have the ability to stay alive, to stay safe and to stay healthy, we can get through this. They will not be able to roll this out. Okay? And they will. They're going to try. The CBDC for Europe 
is supposedly going to roll out in October. That's their big announcement, which means they'll probably roll it out in July. Because everything that they get, these guys say is gaslighting and lying and cheating and stealing. They want to rob your personal property. They want to rob your futures. They want to suck the life out of your kids and disrupt their minds. Understand, folks, these guys are not going away. And they're not going to leave you alone. You can't go hide into your TV and your television and pretend that things are just going to go away. Or if you're going to be a keyboard warrior online and think that you're making a difference. No, you're doing exactly what they want you to do. They've built social media so you go into social media and you just spew out as a, into the cyber industry thinking that you're making a difference. That is not the fight anymore. The fight is take the education that you learn, take the information that you learn, and apply it to your community. Get your community activated. Get your community to start growing gardens. Get your community to start alternate forms of trade. We don't need money. We don't need the dollar. We don't need the CBDCs. We can use our own types of trade and own types of currency. And if you're a local business, start accepting other forms of currency. Start accepting trade, a non-monetary exchange, and or lawful money exchange is what it's called. Start doing that. Hey, now accepting silver at your local store. We take silver and guess what? If you're going to do that, just get a little pieces of, uh, a couple little pieces of, uh, of uh, authenticator. <laughs> And roll that out so you can you have a little station. Somebody wants to give you some silver, you can just authenticate it right then and there. And teach your staff how to do it. Start rolling out that monetary exchange. Getting people used to the idea of being able to do that. That's how we make change. Another thing is start accepting Bitcoin as a business. Start using Bitcoin. Start asking. Even if you're at Costco, which I don't shop at Costco anymore. They kick me out for not wearing a mask. They're done. I will never go back there again. Understand, that is how we fight back. For all those people that contended against them and got kicked out for not wearing a mask that now are going to Costco, that's not how we win. We have to formally disconnect from those people, disconnect from their system, disconnect from these Fortune 500 companies, and it's not going to be easy because we've been so decadent in compliance and have had it so easy and everything so convenient that we're not willing to get our hands dirty. Well, look into your child's eyes. If you're not willing to do anything, look inside your child's eyes and you might as well just tell them, hey, sorry, mommy and daddy are not willing to stand up for your future. And so you're going to have a really, really bad life and a bad future. And you might be the end of our seed. So you might as well just tell your child that if you're not going to get off your butt and go do stuff, and I can't tell you all the little elements to do. I can only inspire you to try to understand the, the precipice that we're at and what the precipice is going to be on the future if we don't start building our own infrastructure to combat against this CBDC program. Understand that that is the end and the mark of the beast. There will be two societies, two parallel economies. And if we don't get prepared 
and start figuring out how we're going to survive through this, we won't survive. They're going to absorb us. But you need to study what happened in Nigeria because they tried to starve them out for over a year and the people won. So this can win. We can get through this. I think that this new world order system, this global control dominated system is already dead on arrival. They're just going through the steps in hopes that they can fool everybody into going back to sleep. They drag it out a little bit longer, introduce some of these tyrannical systems a little bit slower, but they had to accelerate their project because Trump disrupted it. Trump derailed it. Trump bread-pilled more people in this world than any other person combined. Donald Trump. That's why they hate him so much. Because he keeps exposing things, even though he's made mistakes. I've been 100% critical of Trump. And in fact, I was on the fence about Trump. And, I, and I'm, not on, I'm not on the fence anymore. Because now we have to think toward the future. It can't be about one man. It can't be about one thing and one topic. You'd sit at a family dinner and you can disagree with your family. How come you can't disagree with the president about a couple things, but still know that he has your best interest? You're sitting with your family. I guarantee you, your parents, if some stranger walked in or somebody was trying to harm you, your family would stand up for you, or at least they should. He shouldn't be stabbing you in the back. And Trump is part of our American family. You guys are all part of our family. So we need to stand up for him, but let's not get too in the weeds for that. We have to take care of our house first. In a plane, when a plane goes down and the gas masks come down, what's the first thing they tell you to do? You put on your own mask first. We have to take care of our homes. We have to protect our children. We have to protect their futures. At nothing else, at nothing else, that should be the primary reason that inspires you to do what needs to be done. And if that means skipping your bingo nights or whatever and start going to the town hall meetings. I know Political Coffee is doing a lot of stuff with Jeff Krupp and they're doing some great things. They're getting into the weeds of things that are going on in the county level. But at the very least, more importantly, we have to get prepared. At any moment, this stuff is going to turn on and you make sure you got to be ready. We'll be right back. Next up is Don Powers. He's going to host the rest. I hope you guys have a great weekend. And thank you very much for listening. I'm Joshua Michael, Non-Compliant America. Broadcasting from the formal state of Oregon in FEMA Region 10. Well, welcome back. I'm Don Powers. I'm filling in for Joshua Michael. He's actually going to sit in on this segment with me and then I'll finish out uh, the rest of the show. Uh, He's got a few things to deal with here with the kids and the holiday and and so forth. So giving him a chance to spend some time with his kids. Um, We're calling this section a call to action. And specifically, we're going to talk about House Bill 2005 and uh, what that means. There's a Dash 11 amendment to that, and it just got passed out of the Ways and Means Committee. 
and there's a lot of things to be concerned about. We talk about the tyranny that's happening in our country, and it's a perfect example of it. Um, as I testified in front of the Senate uh, a week ago Monday, and I told them, we know what's happening here. This is not about the violence. This is not about what's happening to, uh, you know, with the guns, uh, the shootings that happen in the schools or in the streets. As horrible and sad as those things are, and as emotional as they are, they're an exact example of why we have to stay in the fight. Because the left, the communists in our country will use those things and those emotions to usurp the Constitution and take away your rights. And then... The reflexes go, oh, yes, this is terrible. I really can't, I can't uh, come out and fight this today. I can't, you know, I don't want to argue with them right now because it's emotional. But the left doesn't have that conscience. They will use it. They will manipulate it. And all in an effort to take away your guns, which is all part of a much bigger issue, right? So, um, Joshua, I know this, this is also a very uh, emotional or very uh, passionate topic for you as well. And... Uh, I, th I think you were showing me earlier, we were talking about a little bit about the article in the Northwest Observer, uh, which is always fantastic um, about this. But then uh, Oregon Firearms Federation also has a, a whole article on it and talks about it in, in, uh, in depth and does a great job. And a couple of highlights from that uh, I have uh, we'll talk about. But um, yeah, and Kevin Starrett. So Kevin is is just super surgical and very focused on this and he is such a great representative uh for oregon patriots and just the oregon second amendment with all the great actions that he's doing they're doing a phenomenal job uh you know exposing these things crystallizing what's said what's going on if you're not following him at oregonfirearms.org definitely sign up for the newsletter and, and stay informed and that's one way to kind of get get involved and then also start calling these con congressmen and start calling these representatives that are voting on this bill because I think it just got punted to the Senate. Is that correct? Yeah, and I don't think it's actually going to get heard in the Senate, but the Senate Republican leader, Tim uh, Knopp, and Republican leader, Vicki Breeze Iverson, are the two uh, that you need to reach out to and remind them of the fact that um, you know, thousands and thousands of Oregonians are going to lose their very basic rights to their to their weapons and to protect themselves. And the only way really the Republicans are going to be able to stop it this time is to walk out because if they stay there and they sit in that room, they're effectively voting yes. Yep. And one of the arguments that, you know, that the communist uh, governor, previous governor, and now the um, 2.0, Kate Brown 2.0, have put in place, which is these penalties that if the, uh, if the Senate, if the leaders don't, uh, if, they, if they don't show up and they don't, uh, and, or they walk out, they get penalized, what is it, $500 a day or something like that, and, uh, and so forth. And, and I think it's disgusting they're allowed to do that because at the end of the day, they work for us, right? Yeah, now we see the reason why they did that is for this very moment. Like, it, there, there's, there's a reason that things are in place. Um, and the fact that they're going to be finding them now if they don't show up or they use their only power that they have as a minority and being able to walk out uh, and the fact that they're looking to be fined. Remember how that was worded on on voting on the pamphlet. Remember, everybody's like, oh, this is a good thing. We got to hold these guys responsible. We got to keep them, put their feet to the fire. But that just goes to show the importance of election integrity. And how are we going to fight against this? We see what happens when we put tyrants inside the office. They're going to start ramming this crap down our throats and we have to we have to fight against them. We have to stand up against it. Non-compliance is key. And well, that's why we talk about, you know, uh, 
them doing their job, right? Part of that was saying, well, you know, if any other job, but they come to, they, they don't show up to work, you get fired. Well, they are going to work. They work for us. They work for we, the people. And our job or their job that day, we're telling you your job. Tim, are you listening? Vicky, are you listening? Your job that day is not coming to the office. All right. Your job is to be sick that day. That's right. You okay. Know, call in sick. It's okay. We're the boss. We're telling you your job. You are doing your job. Call in sick. Just yep. don't go to the office. You don't even have to call in sick. Just don't go to the office. Yeah. For so maybe give a little bit of details about 2005 and what it actually is. Um, and, you know, what that's going to represent and how it's going to harm just a regular everyday citizen. You know, one thing is about it, it harming, and, and we'll get into that, of course, as well. But one thing is just the very basic principle, the fact that it is unconstitutional, right? And one of the things I've been focused on in uh, it, recently is this idea that there are stipulations in the state constitution as well as the U.S. Constitution that talks about when we have uh, legislators who are actively pers- uh engaged in subverting the constitution they are to be removed from office now when we look at 114 2005 2006 2007 348 and all of these we have a well pretty much entirely the democrat side of the aisle pushing these things right it's universally uh, on the democrat side And what they are doing is actively engaging in subverting the U.S. Constitution. So at what point in our call to action segment do we, as the citizens of Oregon, regardless of your political party, these things that have to do with the Constitution are not a red or a blue issue, right? They should be uh, a constitutional issue that every single American should be concerned about. Right. So we're talking about this bill talks about uh, banning young adults from possessing firearms. Right. It prohibits uh, licensed concealed carry um, in certain undefined areas of the state. It doesn't even say what they are. It just simply says that these areas are allowed to define for themselves whether or not you can carry your weapon there uh, and conceal carry. Um, Let's see what else. It's it's. uh, it turns all effectively turns all AR-15s into contraband. There's no exceptions for like previously owned rifles or for law enforcement. Um, it what is clear is that the Republicans on on the floor, like I said, about the only way they're going to be able to stop this really is, is to walk out on it. Um, I don't remember all of the details of this one, uh, Josh. You have some of those more details in front of you because I didn't. Uh, well, I, didn't I mean, that pretty up. much just covers it. The bill bans young adults from possessing modern firearms. Prohibited licensed concealed carried and as of yet defined across the state line so that just gives him an open circuit for you know uh plausible controlled uh selective enforcement which is what we've seen across the board uh in this state go to oregonfirearms.org and you can read a lot more detail about it yep we'll be right back folks yeah All right, welcome back for uh, another round with uh, Non-Compliant America. And, you know, the name... Are you looking around for something to read? 
<laughs> well, I was looking at a bunch of things on the screen, so I was yeah, popping a couple of things down. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, welcome back to Non-Compliant America. And uh, it's really important. The name isn't just something that was just, oh, here's an idea. Let's just call it that. It was very intentional. Uh, and speaking of Non-Compliant America, it is time. And like in our last segment, we talked about a call to action on uh, 2005. And I'm a little call to action is a little bit different here, this one. Right now, I'm calling out the men on a call to action. Now that's not so novel. I've heard people do it before, but really this is getting ridiculous. Look what's happening around in our, in our state and our country, but let's, let's bring it back to a, to, to a, a serious level here. Men, when are you going to get engaged? When are you going to actually do something about what's happening to your kids in the schools? This is ridiculous. I mean, come on. XX, XY. That's all there is. We all know that. Every idiot running around, screaming and yelling, uh, attacking swimmers, uh, pushing this agenda in the schools knows damn well it's XX and XY, and that's it. Now, you want to identify personally because you've got whatever issues in your world, in your life, then that's fine, right? I don't care. I don't care if you're gay. I don't care if you're trans. I don't care if, you know, it doesn't, that part doesn't matter to me on a personal level. Do your thing and, and be your authentic self, as they like to say. But at the end of the day, XXXY, and that's all there is. And for them to be pushing this as curriculum in schools and uh, such, I thought this was what I was going to, boy, I thought for sure the men were funny to say, no, not my child. You are not going to do this to, in the schools to my kid. But you know what? You don't show up. You don't show up. Last night I was at an event in Clackamas County where they've been doing a great job uh, going out and finding good conservative, constitutional conservative uh, candidates to run for these school boards. Um, get out and support them. It's too late for you to register to uh, to be on the school boards, but that's a battlefront, and you need to seek these people out in your in your uh, county that are running for these school boards, support them any way you can, help them put out signs, make phone calls for them, give them some money so they can make more signs, get involved, quit sitting on the sidelines, get out of your damn lounge chair, get out of the passenger seat, and and get involved. Right now, we're dealing with this all throughout our country, and I like to just try to bring it back to a local level, right? We can't do much about some of the stuff that's happening around the world. We can't do much about the Fed raising rates. But what we can do is stop this, uh, what really has become a, uh, an attack on our Judeo-Christian principles that founded our country. Yeah. Right, Josh? Well, and another thing, you know, something that I've done is you pull your kids out of private school. Your, excuse me, you pull your kids out of public school and you find alternatives. There's great, great resources on uh, Suzanne Gallagher's website of uh, Parents' Rights and Education. They now have legitimately set up shop in every state in this country uh, for parents' rights, right? Fighting against parents' rights. They have representatives in every single state. So it doesn't matter if you're listening, you know, and you're in Montana or you're in Iowa or you're in Nebraska. Parents' rights and education, they have platforms. They have uh, focus groups. They have sem smaller focus groups. They have uh, areas and support for alternatives to education. Understand the centralized education system did not has not existed for the since the beginning of time it is a relatively new concept the public education system is broken and if you're in a broken county and you can't run for school board and you've already missed the boat and there's nobody that you can really support the best thing that you can do is become non-compliant and by doing that you have to pull your kid out of school that means a little bit of inconvenience that means more money out of your pocket that means you know no dinner nights and 
you know, extravagant vacations and stuff because we're in a war and this is the sacrifice that you have to make to put into your kids' futures. You know, it's important to realize um, this is a fruit of a much bigger problem, right? And we talk about this sure. because right now coming in here in May with in Oregon, we have our uh, school board elections coming up. Uh, so we're really focused on that and we hit it pretty hard. But it's important for people maybe to get this picture a little bit of, of you have to realize this isn't this micro little thing. And you go, oh, yeah, it's really bad what's happening in the schools, but I got a golf you know, um, at 11 today. So I really don't have time to talk about it. This is a bigger picture. You have to understand that this is a concerted effort to take our country down. Our enemies, okay, are not an ocean away. Yep. Right. They're right here on American soil. They're in our institutions at the highest levels of our government. The tyranny runs throughout our country and throughout our state and throughout your county. I mean, at the state level, look at the Oregon Health Authority and the thing and the power that they have. Look at the Oregon Department of Education and the power that they have. Okay, and the things that they're pushing down uh, the the throat of these uh, of these teachers and the teachers union. Why why are you sitting around on the seventh hole worrying about when the beer cart's going to come back around when your kid is being wussified? Yep. Let me give you a prime example of that. Okay, so at my son's school. I went all the way to the board of trustees, which was the school board, and I spoke with that individual and I met with the vice president of that individual. Okay. This was during the heart of the pandemic. Let me give you an example. This is called standing in the gap. Okay. So I went to that guy's office who I will not name right now, but I might name soon because he was a coward and his response to everything was completely everything that I don't stand for, okay? But I sat in that guy's office. Keep in mind, he had a secretary. He had all these people uh, in his office. Not one of them was wearing a mask. This was right in the heart of when everybody was wearing a mask. All the schools started enforcing a mask. My son's school started enforcing the mask. And I was in that guy's face. I talked to the superintendent, the board of trustees, the principal, vice principal, his teacher. I was writing emails, everything. So I was in this guy's face in his office and I went and sat down. There was not one person wearing a mask in his office. And you know what I said to him? I said, listen, you got kids at this school, don't you? Yeah, he's got a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. I said, your five-year-old and your seven-year-old are sitting in class right now, scared because their teacher is bullying them into wearing a mask and they're suffocating. They have no help. You've abandoned them as a parent while you're sitting here in your little crony office, sitting behind your your uh, lavish lifestyle while your your kid is suffering and you're not. So if you want to be a hypocrite, you could put a mask on, you could wear a mask and see what it's like. See what it's like for your kid to go through this every single day, right? And you know what he said to me? He said, well, uh, most parents, uh, you know, they don't have a problem with it. And I said, well, that is the problem, isn't it? He's like, well, there's not a lot of people saying what you're saying. And I said, well, that's, that's pretty sad, isn't it? It's pretty sad that the entire population and the public went along with this. And I'll tell you, that was only a beta test. That was only a beta test to see what people's response is. Speaking of beta, there yeah. are beta males out there that are putting up with this. Call them beta boys. Am I allowed to say that? No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to I see have if to we can clean that, that out. one out. <laughs> well, that's what it is. It's a bunch of, uh, well, as we call it on the farm, um, manure. It's, how's that? Yeah, it's uh, a bunch soft, of horse <laughs> <laughs> We'll just beep it out. We'll tell it what it is. We'll beep that out too. What the heck? Uh, you know, this is just garbage. So men, look, you have to understand what's happening here. You have to 
care. You have to get involved. And it's not just what's happened to our kids, but but that is the crux of right. They are tearing down our constitution. They are ter- they're tearing down the very foundation of our country and our Judeo-Christian principles yep. and and the very law of nature and God's nature. But also right? but also think about this. If you're on the edge and you're like I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. I don't know how to how to begin to what we're all saying, it's easy for us. We're we're involved already. You know, we're already doing stuff. So those people that are on the fence, what can you do? And I and I'll tell you, I I really think that diet, exercise, stop consuming fluoride. Believe it or not, it's very decadent. It's very harming to your body. It's very harming to your motivation. As a as a man, you're being attacked chemically around you. I mean, even the receipt paper, when you go to a, a store and you, you grab the receipt, that has huge estrogen mimical, mimicking chemicals on it that are feminizing the men. And feminizing men is a horrible thing. So start supplementing, taking testosterone enhancements, try to take different things to try to inspire you because you guys should be raging pissed off with everything going on around, but yet you're still sipping your... Uh, soy lattes, letting your women drive you around town. I mean, it's pathetic, men. You need to stand up and start getting involved and start getting mad about what's happening around you because it's coming for your kids. It's coming for your futures. Your lavish lifestyle is going to go away soon when, if you don't stand up. You know, if, if, if this hasn't got you going, if, if the realization now that our elections were stolen in 2020 and everybody at this point knows damn well that it was, regardless of what... what uh, it, Anybody on either side of the aisle, we have plenty of them, uh, the so-called Republicans right here in Oregon who still insist there was no uh, corruption in, in our, there's no corruption in our elections and nothing was stolen. Who's saying that? Uh, well, there's a couple of them. I remember when I first took the position as the uh, co-chair of election integrity for the ORP, I was told that by Dallas Hurd at the time. Um, but more importantly, Mike Neerman's been the one, he's been insistent on it. Yeah. And, and I remember uh, Drazen in her interview said that the election wasn't stolen. She dodged a bullet and dodged around it. Didn't yeah. want to address it. You know, we don't have time for this anymore. These people like this. We all know what happened. We know damn well. And you knew it at the time, people. You know what? You knew it. Look in your soul for a minute. You knew that those masks don't work. I had I had something I was running around giving to people all the time. It was a thing from the from the uh, CDC that talked about there was absolutely, they found no significant reduction in the transmission of viruses, whether it be the flu or COVID by the use of wearing masks. None. Zero. And then all of a sudden this other this other narrative starts coming out and everybody just buys into it. And you knew damn well and you let it happen. And you would not uh, stand up in mass non-compliance. And that's what it takes. Mass non-compliance. It all it takes is us to just we the people to take back the Constitution. We've let them have it. We need to take it back. And just simply say yeah, no, I'm not doing this. Exactly. And that's also it. find an alternative and be prepared for an alternative. Alternative form of food. Alternative alternative forms of entertainment, alternative forms of everything. Get to know your neighbors, get to know your communities, feel them out. See if those are people that you're going to be able to depend on, you know, see if they got other resources or they've thought about these things. Sometimes your neighbor hasn't thought about these things, right? Because they're too busy trying to maintain what they had and their wealth that they had. And we're going to be going to break here in just a minute, but you guys, this is the time to put down your Bud Light. That's what it's time for. <laughs> That's right. Listen to Non-Compliant America, Don Powers, Joshua Michael. We'll be right back. I know it's rude to be bragging. They never catching a slack. Me and my buddy, we working hard for this money. Uh. 
All right, welcome back to Non-Compliant America. Josh has had to run out. He's actually, we were having so much fun in that last segment that I uh, got himself caught uh, a little bit behind. So he's got to rush off and, and go spend the day with his children, which is fantastic. So I appreciate the opportunity to come in and talk to you all uh, and uh, Josh having me on today. I want to talk, uh, I'll bring this back home again a little bit. Two things, working in the shadows. That's been something that's been on my mind lately. And this, there's this tactic, if you will, that, that people use that uh, I consider working in the shadows. It's kind of the phrase that I use for, right? So we're talking about where they're not completely upfront about what they're doing and what their intentions are. And they use deceptive tactics, right? Now that's, you know, that's nothing new, right? That's nothing new. We've seen it all over the, all the time, right? It's like throughout history. But here's, I'm going to get specific. Here in our state, here within our own uh, Republican Party, for example, um, I've been uh, paying attention really closely to certain factions within the party. And I've been, I have actually been accused a couple of times now of trying to divide the party. And I'm going to be as clear as I can about this. I don't want to divide the party. I absolutely want to bring us all together from the same side of the rope, pulling from the same end of the rope in the same direction, with the same objectives. But not everybody wants to do that. And just because you see a cancer and you decide that the only way for the, for the body to heal sometimes is to cut that cancer out before it metastasizes. And that's really important because the body will never heal until the cancer or cancers are cleared out. Now, I'm not trying to point out anybody in particular because that's not really my point. But these tactics of, of deception, working in the shadows, don't help. When we've got 15 people running for governor, that does not help us move the needle forward, right? You've got too many people all broken up into different factions with their own intentions, with their own goals, their own objectives, sometimes selfish, right? Using the, using the Oregon Republican Party and its, and its citizens to further their own personal goals, their own personal uh, monetary uh, objectives, right? And we don't move forward as a party. I don't know about you, but I am sick of losing. Okay. I am sick of what's happening in our schools. I'm sick of what's happening in our legislature. I'm sick of them trying to take my guns away. I'm sick of them trying to put more taxes on us. I'm sick of them trying to put tolls on our roads. I'm sick and tired of this. And I will fight this as long as there's a fight to be had. If that makes sense. I've told people a bunch of times, I'm going to die a free man one way or the other. All right. So let's get into a couple of these, uh, this, these concepts of this. Recently, there was a fundraiser that went on. Okay. And in this fundraiser, um, a flyer came out. And this flyer said that it was being hosted by the chair, Justin Wong. I had a conversation with, uh, with our chair, and I sent him over the flyer. I said, hey, look, um, I didn't know that, that uh, ORP was doing this or that you were doing this. And he says, why is my picture on that? Why is my name on there? What's going on? So he was surprised by the flyer that came out, um, which is fine. You know, he's very busy. There's a lot of stuff going on. People create, um, you know, information and send it out. You know, he doesn't have visibility of every single thing that, that, that goes flying out. But he was concerned about it. And uh, I talked to him. I said, are you hosting? And he says, I'm not hosting it. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, you know, talk to, talk to somebody in, about this. Um, so 
I simply let people know, having found that out, um, because I already knew from a few months before that, that this event was uh, an event that uh, Solomon Yu was putting on, which is, you know, fine, right? He has everybody, anybody has a right to have an event, put on an event, do a fundraiser, bring awareness to something. That's what we're supposed to be out here doing. So Solomon is putting this thing on, but it wasn't being hosted by chair. And the flyer really didn't mention any of that. So I simply put out online that that uh, the flyer was inaccurate that it wasn't being hosted by uh, Chairman uh, Wong, and that uh, it was a Solomon Yu event. I immediately get attacked. I get attacked by McQuiston's people. Um, I don't think she attacked me on that specifically. I get attacked by Joel Pulowski. I get attacked by uh, the, the chair of... Uh, Yamhill County and a couple of the other people out that way. Uh, Mo Yoder is his name, the chair of Yamhill County. Um, and just a shout out to Yamhill County's group. And you know what I'm talking about, folks. People in glass houses should not throw rocks. You might want to get your house in order before you start um, worrying about little old me and some little piece of information I put out. So all I did was put out this simply to say the truth. The truth was, Solomon was putting on this event, and it wasn't hosted by Solomon, I mean, uh, excuse me, by Chair Wong. That's it, and I get attacked and from a lot of different directions, uh, even within some people that I considered friends and that I thought were close to me. So it's interesting. That's division. That's people trying to sow division. How was my putting that information out there? Uh, any, in any way, trying to divide the party, Okay. So there was no intent to do that, just simply information. And then as it uh, turns out, the ORP eventually releases a, uh, their own flyer, and it says, hear from Chair Wong. Okay, all right, fantastic. And then uh, from my conversation with Justin, uh, Chair Wong that is, he tells me that uh, he had asked uh, the other group to kindly change the title of their event and to take his name off, as, or at least take him off as having hosting and just uh, say that, you know, you're going to hear from him. They didn't do that. They continued to put that flyer out. Everybody's busy. Sometimes those things, you know, don't get accomplished in a timely manner. But uh, in this case, it didn't, you know, it didn't happen. And the flyer still went out and circulated. And then shortly after that, they mention, oh, suddenly, uh, great surprise, we've added speakers. We're going to hear from um, failed governor candidate Kerry McQuiston and uh, Joel Pulowski. And here's the part that bothers me. No problem with them going out to speak. Solomon's holding an event. He can have anybody come speak that he wants, and he's entitled to do that. And there's nothing uh, about that uh, in, on the surface that's wrong. The part that bothers me, the part that gets to me, it's, it's the principle of this. And this, the point is not even so much this event and this, this occurrence in and of itself. What I'm talking about is this type of tactic that's used constantly. And we have to be constantly be listening for the undertones of what's going on, right? So right from the get-go, you hear this, well, not from the get-go, excuse me, more, more importantly or more precisely, all of a sudden, we're going to hear from these other people. But it's not as if we didn't know or they didn't know all along that they were going to have those people speak, right? But they don't say that up front. They don't say that it's going to be, these are the other speakers going to be there. So people could look at that with an 
open, honest thing, then the speaker is going to be these people and determine for themselves what that event is about. Now, I personally believe that that event was another part of the Kerry McQuiston promotional tour. Okay. That's my opinion on it because I know that she and Solomon are very close. I know that he's been pushing her forward and he has every right to do that as well. And we have every right to make an opinion as to whether we think that, that that's uh, something that we want to support. That's not my point, right? The point is these types of things happening within our party. You've got groups over here trying to push this person forward. You've got groups over here pushing something forward and we're not coming together. We are not unifying, right? People have their own personal interests in mind and that is a detrimental to the party and keeps us from being able to move forward and we keep losing and I am tired of losing. You've been listening to Non-Compliant America on KSLM Radio. Kicking at a dead horse, pleases you No way of showing your gratitude